And welcome back, listeners, to Loathsome Things, a horror movie podcast, a show in which we discuss the finer and not-so-fine elements of horror film. My name is John. I am one of your two hosts. My other host, some people say co-host, is, is Josh, who is also here with me. Josh, how are you doing, sir? I'm I'm good. I'm doing good, John. I watched this movie that we're discussing today, and also, it's you know it's October. Yeah, and there has been a lot of really good stuff. Uh, I am very much looking forward to discussing Carrie 2013. Yes. Uh, quickly, and then yeah. probably talking about a bunch of other more fun things. Yeah, because this yeah. movie probably didn't even need to be made. I mean, <laughs> it's not bad. It's just it's not a bad movie. It's just superfluous, I guess. It just didn't need to be there. Yeah. Yeah. Remember with with Black Christmas, you had the original and then you had the first remake, which was different in significant ways. And then you had that second remake, which was just a complete do over and mm -hmm. not like just only tangentially related with this one. They were like, what if we like went the entirely opposite direction <laughs> and just kind of smooshed those other two movies together, but gave it some production value and like fix the things. Yes. $30 million budget. If if you consider money, it was worth it because it made, I think, $85 million or something. Good job. So, so almost tripled their, body, their money there. So yay for that. Boo Good for job. creativity. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this, this movie's pretty, like, I mean, you've got Chloe Grace Moritz, uh, early Chloe Grace Moritz work. She's pretty big deal whenever it comes to uh recent horror movie remakes mm -hmm. um julianne moore who is kind of a plain piece of bread actor very competent mm -hmm. she can deliver a line and she can make that one face real good <laughs> that's that's correct she's yeah. she's very reliable <laughs> yeah and then you've got Judy Greer as Miss Desjardins, who I love Judy Greer, and this oh, yeah. movie just didn't really utilize her very well. No, she had some strange short, that weird whole short <laughs> sock combo was just not working for poor Judy. Oh, mom shorts. <laughs> God bless her, she's a sexy lady, but she looked ridiculous in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> and there's that one line, which I'm sure they thought was going to be better, but it's, uh, she's like, keep running or you don't get to go to prom. Like, every time I got to that point, I was like, oh, man, you just suck. <laughs> Thank God they kept the phrase dirty pillows in this one, though. <laughs> yes, and, and might I say, out of the three dirty pillows we've gotten, Julianne Moore delivered the least enthralling <laughs> dirty pillows. <laughs> I almost didn't care. <laughs> yeah, it almost wasn't funny anymore. <laughs> You're like dirty pillows. Okay, great. <laughs> they can see your dirty pillows. <laughs> oh boy, yeah, uh, that's that movie happened. <laughs> yeah, it's it's perfectly fine. It's a perfectly fine movie. If it was the only version of Carrie that came out, it would would never be seen probably as a classic like the other, but it would have been seen as a decent movie, which is what it is. It's a decent movie. It's, it's a perfect, perfectly serviceable 
horror film. Yes. Kind of? I, I, it doesn't always feel like a horror movie, though. No, not really. I mean, the one of the things that, that makes the original Carrie so good is that Sissy Spacek has this weird other quality to her that she she's always had that worldly look to her um but she can play very grounded characters but in in Carrie she's you know she's kind of disturbing just in and of herself and uh Piper Laurie is terrifying <laughs> oh, amazing <laughs> and so you know that that that's like a one two punch and then you get Angela Bettis who is a fantastic uh, physical actor like you know her facial expressions and her her mannerisms are very entertaining, um, but it's such a departure from the way that Carrie has been presented in the De Palma movie that it, it kind of throws you, you know, and in retrospect, it's a great performance, but, you know, and then again, Chloe Grace Moretz is great, but um, she doesn't bring anything new to the character. Uh, she does. She she brings... um. Instead of a kind of funny-looking girl that you could see being picked on, they're like, oh yeah, the obviously most beautiful person in the room. What a nerd. Yeah, strikingly gorgeous, trying to act like a nerd, not working. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, if she is, like, as far as like dark side force powers is concerned, she's pretty good at that stuff. She is. A lot of... Lot of a lot of elbows up stuff. The performances are all very good. I mean, Julianne Moore does a great job, but Julianne Moore is, you know, she she's a she's a very pretty woman. She has kind of a classic kind of beauty, and to see her play that Margaret character just doesn't make any sense. I mean, it, it's it's cool when you see her doing the uh, the body torture stuff, which I thought was kind of funny, but um, <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, look, she's poking at that scab. <laughs> I like cute. that. That was a nice modern twist. I didn't yeah. like the whole incorporate the cell phone thing, which is exactly what they did with Black Christmas as well. But, you know, what yeah. are you going to do? Yeah, You yeah. only live once, right? You got to change with the James. That's right. <laughs> so, anyways, I don't know. Let's Let's knock this summary out. This is a this is a bare bones summary because if you've been following the show at all, or if you're familiar with the movies, you could have written this summary yourself. Unless yep. you're illiterate, in which case you need to take English lessons. Yep. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, the movie starts. We see uh, Margaret White, which is Julianne Moore's character. That's Carrie's mom. She gives birth to this old baby Carrie, and she almost kills the baby, but then she decides not to. Yep. Um, and then we switch and we see Carrie's in high school. She's very awkward. She clutches her books to her and she turns her toes in. So, you know, to give you that that uh, that that kind of dimin diminutive appearance. Anyways, yeah, so they uh, they have her tuck her hair behind her ears to accentuate that her ears look big. And I think they made her up to look pale and it's yeah. just not working. She doesn't <laughs> look like a, a weirdo at all. She looks like Chloe Grace Moritz. <laughs> She, she looks like a radiant beauty pretending yeah. to be weird in high school. <laughs> <laughs> so she's in the shower, just like in the in the other two films, and she has her first period. She flips out. The other girls begin to taunt her, of course, being led by Chris Harginson, mm. who, in this movie's little original <laughs> twist, busts out her cell phone and records it and then immediately uploads it to YouTube. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
And, and also this... in this movie, the the big change is that the the Chris Sue uh, casting is different. Yeah. Instead yeah. of uh, instead of Chris being the forever legged statuesque like full length of blonde, yes. in this one Chris is the kind of small trollish one. Whereas <laughs> now Sue is the one who is like a billion feet tall and pure blonde bombshell style. Yes, yes, she is strikingly like gorgeous it's ridiculous she it's, yeah it's like okay um yeah. yeah yeah exactly chris is played by portia doubleday who was i forget her character's name but she was in mr robot and uh she was like oh, yeah. his his love interest and in this she looks like i, I like i had to look her up because I, I she just was younger and so it kind of threw me plus i think her hair is darker in this but um she just has a different kind of almost trollish <laughs> presentation yeah. so which is kind of a cool idea because it it makes her seem more of kind of like you understand why she's so mean because she's jealous because she doesn't look as good as the other girls. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> but I don't know. I don't know. I don't think that was really the intention. And so anyway, so she's, you know, she's a total bitch, just like Chris Harkinson has always been. <laughs> uh, Desjardins is not abused as usual. She rescues Carrie from the girls and, uh, you know, we get that whole bit and, uh, they they take her to the office. The principal gets her name wrong. That whole thing. We kind of get a hint that Carrie might have some abilities. Um, all that fun stuff. Carrie gets sent home. Her mother tells her that she has sinned. Uh, that having a period is a sin. Uh, and, and Carrie challenges her and uh, gets promptly sent to her prayer closet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, the first sin was intercourse. That's right. She says, like, I don't remember that, but okay. Uh, she's so upset, Carrie, that she cracks the door to the prayer closet with her mind. And Whoa. then the crucifix starts bleeding. Yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> oh, it's on. Let's and go. Then... <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, Carrie starts looking into uh, what the hell is this ability that she has. Uh, she's in the library checking out telekinesis, trying to learn about how to control her wonderful powers. Um, meantime, Desjardins has, is reprimanding the girls, um, at much like the other two movies, and telling them that they're going to get a hardcore detention, um, or they're going to get suspended and not be able to go to prom uh, if they, uh, don't start being, uh, start being cool. Yeah. Uh, Chris, uh, is not down with that at all, refuses to, to, uh, to go along with this. And, uh, so she ends up in the principal's office and they, the principal calls her out the issue of her phone comes up and she refuses to show them the phone. So she's promptly suspended and will not be going to prom, at least not officially. She'll be going and, um, <laughs> Mean, meanwhile, nine foot tall blonde, originally from South Africa, I believe, Sue, uh, <laughs> feels bad. And uh, that was a little bit different in this movie is that in that Sue is much quicker to come around and much more actually believable as, mm -hmm. you know, at least in her performance as someone who feels bad. Uh, so she she tells she has this great idea that her boyfriend, Tommy, should take Carrie to the prom, which, you know, Carrie likes him anyway. Uh, so she accepts. Uh, that whole thing goes down. And uh, and then, then Carrie's back home. She's making her dress, uh, being berated by her mother. 
And when her mother is continuously badgering her and giving her all this crap about the devil and, you know, just all this nonsense that Carrie's not buying because Carrie doesn't interpret uh, God in the way that her mother does. Mm-hmm. Uh, she she gets sick of her mother, basically, and brain fucks her into the closet. Um, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, that is a very good description. <laughs> so... Margaret is in the prayer closet, and uh, and Ma- Carrie is now a f- the fruit of the devil, according mm-hmm. to her mother. Uh, Chris has this brilliant idea, what could go wrong, uh, to get her revenge on Carrie, who had nothing to do with any of this, and basically r- r- like gets her boyfriend, Billy Nolan, to... Billy uh, Nolan! <laughs> Take help her by going. They go to a pig farm, of course, kill a pig in a ridiculously over dramatic scene, and uh, take its blood. So we switch to prom night. Uh, Margaret is trying to still trying to stop Carrie. They're having a little bit of their back and forth. Carrie's getting stressed out because Tommy's going to show up at any moment. Once again, uh, brain fucks her mom back into the prayer closet <laughs> and uh, puts on a record on the old phonograph. <laughs> and uh has it's it like cranked old, up it's like old george beverly shea hymns it's oh it's terrible <laughs> it's, it's very painful so when tommy arrives he can't well he kind of kind of can i mean we can hear her pounding on the closet door but he's he's not the brightest so i guess he doesn't hear it so anyways uh she's stressed out you know she's afraid everybody's gonna make fun of her at the prom blah 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 he calms her down they go in you know, it's the whole deal. Uh, it seems like it's actually going pretty well for them. Um, but in the meantime, Chris's friend Tina is switching out the prom ballots so that uh, Carrie and Tommy can become the the uh, king and queen of the prom. Oh, how lovely. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the meantime, uh, Chris texts Sue and she's giving her shit and, you know, telling her she's got this great revenge plan, which is so pointless that she does this. But I guess it's just a way to send uh, Sue up to the school to go to the prom and uh, gets there right as the coronation is about to happen. Uh, Billy Nolan, now they're backstage. They've got the bucket up there. Billy Nolan is telling Chris, uh, you know, shut your fucking mouth about this because it's (laughs) illegal as hell and we don't need an assault charge, which would turn out to be, you know, probably a murder charge if they survived. A little bit. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> Sue sees the uh, bucket as the coronation thing is taking place she's trying to warn people but Desjardins already thinks that the whole get Tommy to take Carrie to the prom thing was a load of bullshit already so she's not buying it and she basically <laughs> manhandles Sue out the door <laughs> uh, just in time uh, for the blood bucket to come down uh, soak Carrie and then up on the video screens up <laughs> like mega church style there's a couple of video yeah. screens with the uh youtube video of the the traumatizing shower scene for carrie and uh, everybody's laughing or at least a lot of people are laughing uh she she freaks the fuck out desjardins tries to you know get up there to try to intervene and uh she physically brain fucks her away mm-hmm. and Tommy, once again, killed by the world's most dangerous bucket. <laughs> the most vicious bucket in movie history. It's just a terrifying bucket. It's tungsten steel, the bucket. <laughs> that should be the sequel. Carrie 2, bucket. 
<laughs> How heavy was thine bucket? <laughs> oh my god. Uh, so anyways, uh, Carrie goes on her murder rampage throughout the gym. Well, in the gym. She stays where she is. But uh, she spares Desjardins. Uh, that's very sweet of her. Mm-hmm. Then she does the whole water splashes all over the floor and she unleashes the electrical cord with her brain and touches the water and everybody gets fried, starts a big fire. Um, she bails on this and heads out on a destruction parade through town. Uh, the school, the gym burns down. Uh, Chris and Billy take off, uh, freaking out because their plan slightly went awry. Um <laughs> She murder crashes the car, which kills Billy. And then we have a wonderful scene where she basically, like, throws the car with her brain and forces Chris to smash through the windshield with her face through the glass. And then she slowly just dies. <laughs> yeah. You can hear you can hear the little bits of glass crunching against her face bones as she's dying. It's real good. <laughs> That, that part I did enjoy a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I have to say, I was impressed with that. And then just, just to cap it all off, just in case Chris survives, Carrie uh, cuts loose a electrical pole and has it slammed down and lights the car on fire. Yeah. So Carrie heads home, takes a bath, puts her nightie on. Uh, her mom comes up. Her mom is, you know, an absolute fucking basket case at this point. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> She tells her mom what happened. Oh, mama. And she's hugging her and they're, you know, they're having a wonderful moment. And her mom picks this this moment to tell her about, you know, her her fucked up birth. And then the ways that she was, the way she became pregnant, that her and her father, her mom and her father had, you know, they were abstaining because, you know, sex is filthy and and that makes you a bad person. Um, but she, she... He just couldn't control himself, and he one night he took her, and she's felt terrible ever since because she actually enjoyed it, uh, mm-hmm. and so that's why she wanted to kill, you know, the the product of that uh, boning, and uh, so then <laughs> the they have a product. fake prayer. <laughs> they, she has a little fake prayer. Like, Let's pray, Carrie, and then she she does the what was it the Lord's Prayer? I forget what it was mm-hmm. that she something like that. I and then it's a Metallica one of the crucial, song, I think. <laughs> yeah, and at the crucial moment, she plunges the knife into Carrie's back because devil. Yeah. Uh, Carrie Carrie stops her mother from getting more stabby. Does the whole kitchen tool murder, uh, and then summons a giant rock shower to crush the house, which. Apparently is much more in line with the book. Great, who cares? Yeah. Sue arrives and uh, Carrie almost kills her, but then realizes that she's pregnant, and so she last second saves Sue by brain fucking her out the door yeah. uh, as the house comes down on top. Uh, we cut to Sue, who is recounting her story in court. <laughs> That's right. It's a legal drama. <laughs> and then she goes to the gravesite and somebody has painted Carrie White Burns in Hell on the gravestone. She leaves some white roses. Aw. And uh, when she's leaving, the headstone cracks and we hear Carrie screaming. Movie over. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, that's a movie. <laughs> yep. It's... It's weird how 
technically proficient the movie is. Yeah. And yet just so flat and lifeless. Yeah, it really is. It has no... There's just nothing that, that gives it that edge that it really needs to have. If you're going to remake, you know, a movie like the original Carrie, you got to bring something new to the table. Um, I mean, even, yeah. even King was like, you know, why are you remaking this? And <laughs> yeah. and could you please put Lindsay Lohan in the starring role? <laughs> yeah, I know. He was like, why would you remake that? Also, now I'm going to say something a little bit creepy. <laughs> And even Sissy Spacek was like, I would love to see what she would do with this role. Yeah. <laughs> like, really? Because I couldn't care less. <laughs> yeah, I could see her playing a fantastic Margaret White she, right about now. Oh, yeah, she would be. Oh, that would be great. Yes. And Margaret White. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's. Uh, no, go ahead. It's just kind of bleh. Yeah. 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 I mean, it is good. It is good. Like there, there's nothing wrong with it. It, but it just, uh, I don't know. It's what I feel like people think they want when they think that they want a remake of a movie. Mm -hmm. Like it, it really seems what Kimberly Pierce, the director, did was she like fixed everything that was wrong with the other two movies. She was like, I'm gonna fix this and make it right. I'm gonna fix this and make it right. I'm gonna iron this out. And she also did some cool things. She gave uh Chris and sue and carry more agency mm -hmm. than they had in the previous two films they're much more fully realized characters that are more in control of their situation that's true and that was that was really cool like like i said with uh with carrie whenever she's doing her mind powers she's like full-blown going like witch or jedi style and it's obvious that like she's the badass doing the shit but then she also, they just make some really strange choices in here. There's this whole scene between Chris and her friend where it's like almost a girl-girl scene, but mm -hmm. then it isn't. Yeah. And then they're uploading the video, but then they're talking about it like they're filling out a, a dating profile. They're like, favorite drink, Bloody Mary. And then they keep <laughs> going with that thing but they're just uploading a video to youtube and not typing any of this out it doesn't make sense it really doesn't make any sense uh, kimberly pierce made uh well she's best known for making boys don't cry she uh yeah. she hasn't made a lot of feature films actually but um she's i mean this she's, was the last one <laughs> she's a skilled filmmaker you know i mean she she she's she's got the technical skills um i think you know, with this material, she just unfortunately just just didn't she didn't take away, but she didn't add anything either. Not 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 much, let's say. Yeah, they added gore, and that was cool. That's true. That, like this was a much more violent film yeah. than the others. You, um, that was cool. But even then, it wasn't violent until until like the last twenty minutes of the film. Yeah. Uh, so it was unexpected. It's a little jarring, and and that was cool. But I mean, it's I don't know kind of boring yeah it would be it would be interesting to see somebody kind of just you know take some liberties with it i mean i guess it's hard to argue with a with the film being profitable since that's the whole intent as far as the studio is concerned but i'm sure the director would have you know most directors and i'm sure including kimberly pierce wanted more out of it than that um yeah and again i mean she you know like we keep saying she made a, a solid film the the story is told confidently it's told it's a consistent story. It doesn't really drag at any point. 
it has some, you know, some moments that are kind of like, like you mentioned when they're uploading the video where you're kind of like, what is all this? What? You know, but, <laughs> but it's not, it's not the kind of thing that's just overly distracting. Like it, like, like honestly, like the first two movies had moments, you know, where you're kind of like, why are they playing that music right now? <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> oh yeah. This movie did that too. Like the whole, uh, the, the guys picking out suits. Oh. That was part yeah. So there was a, a a first montage. Where was it? Um, so there's a montage of Carrie sewing while being split between that and Chris and Billy setting up the blood bucket. And that's one mon- montage. And then it transforms into a separate montage of all of the girls from school getting ready for prom and gossiping and, and, and the guys doing like... Uh, switching between funny and sexy poses in the mirror while trying on their suits uh while diane young by vampire weekend is playing <laughs> that's right and uh and then it's just over it's like oh very strange very strange oh and uh chris is pregnant chris is pregnant great yeah it's it, a girl it was def- yeah it was definitely a, a bit of an indie rock platform wasn't it yes it was yeah yeah whenever i whenever i heard that that vampire weekend song i was like oh my god that was almost 10 years ago god damn (laughs) frightening uh yeah i mean it didn't make anyone's career didn't break anyone's career except maybe kimberly pierce uh (laughs) yeah she she has now been relegated to looks like tv episode directing yeah, I don't know. I guess it's a good paycheck. I don't know. I would have loved to have seen, you know, let, let, let's explore a little bit more of the telekinesis thing, or let's 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 just do something a little bit different. It doesn't have to be radically different, um, but there's no point in just... Because the whole intention with this one was, well, let's make a... We really need to make a more faithful version of the book. It's like, no, you don't. Why do you need to do that? No. The book is the faithful version of the book. <laughs> if that's how you feel, go read the fucking book. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's exactly the cash grab here is because that's the thing that Stephen King fans love to hear. Yeah. They love to hear that they're, or at least they did. Uh, I feel like this might have been the tail end of the we want a faithful adaptation yeah. time. Like, 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 let's try it again and see if it'll make money. And then it did. Yeah. Yeah, even though the pig's blood it looked like a huge bucket full of red Nyquil, like what the fuck is that? Yeah, it's amazing how hard it is for Hollywood to get blood right. Yeah, every once in even, a while, but yeah, but yeah, yeah, it it's surprising how much less it looked like blood than the made-for-TV movie from like ten years earlier. I think they always go too far on the red part. I think they need to put more darker red. Like, they need to add black to it almost. Because, you know, like in the black and white movies, they used Bosco. They used chocolate syrup, which Mm -hmm. actually looked more realistic than the paint-like blood that that went through the whole 60s and 70s. Um, And then they figured I love 60s and 70s paint blood, though. That is always great. (laughs) It's Whenever it comes out and it's like bright red pastel. Like, yes, (laughs) this is so good. It's like it's like really red strawberry milk. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah, that is pretty good. Well, then they discovered, oh, we can take corn syrup and just add red food coloring. But 
most movie sets are so heavily lit that the light will cut right through that stuff and it just makes it look fake as fuck. <laughs> yeah, it looks like, ooh, look, their popsicle is melting. <laughs> ooh, what is that, cherry? <laughs> oh, man, I hope nobody makes any more of these because we're going to have to review those too. Oh, no, no more carries. Or at least if you do a carry, do something new. I mean... <sighs> I get, I get the impulse. Like, I feel like, like Kimberly Pierce's impulse with this was, I'm going to make the most technically perfect version of Carrie. And I feel like that's what she was going for. And maybe she achieved it. And I mean, everyone did a really good job. It's just missing a fullness element. Yeah, it's like a docudrama of the book, basically. Yeah. You know, like no, not a lot of style, not a lot of flair, uh, you know, very competently done. And uh, that's it. Forgettable. Nobody's yeah. going to be talking about this movie except us for any, you know, any length of time. And uh, it, it's just going to get, I don't know, it's just a way to make more money, I guess. That's it. Yeah. Which that means nothing to us. I mean, we don't give a shit. You know, I'm glad you made your money and hopefully you'll put it into something else that was actually, you know, a crowd pleaser. I don't know. I guess this was a crowd pleaser, too, because it made a lot of money. All that money is gone now or hopped away in something. Yeah, it's it's already been spent on the things that we also didn't enjoy as much. <laughs> That's true. Some other some sequel of some sort. Yeah. <laughs> um. Let's see. Uh, so this movie gave us a little bit more focus on Margaret. You know, we we got a little kind of bit more of her perspective on things. Mm -hmm. Not a not a whole lot. Um, I'm trying to think of there. There's whenever she's going crazy at the prom, and the the blood's on her. She looks. They did a good job with the blood on mm -hmm. her bit of it, mm -hmm. and I really like that it starts out with two clear eyes, and then one of her eyes goes full blown bloodshot, mm -hmm. and and you see the other one like that was a really cool effect. Yeah. There are lots of little like really good, well executed bits in here. It just doesn't stitch together all nice. Yeah, uh, well, every time I watch it, I'm like, oh yeah, this is actually pretty good. And then after it's done, I'm like, it's okay. I mean, yeah. you know, I don't care. You know. Yeah, that ending is a great example. It makes more sense for them to say go is in burns in hell on her gravestone than on a for sale sign that was stuck in the middle of rubble. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but then again, that was a dream sequence, so I guess that's fine. Yeah. At least they avoided the uh, endless uh, meaningless cop scenes. Oh, God, yeah. But just that one out-of-nowhere courthouse scene. <laughs> what the fuck? Every time I got to that, I was like, oh, is this is this showing that there's a new sequence of the movie? No. Nope. No, we just, just, she is in a courthouse. There's that one vaguely familiar actor man who is the judge. And he's like, well, are you <laughs> sure about that? She's like, I think I would be sure everyone I knew died that night <laughs> oh god that was yeah that that's a whole set piece that didn't need to be there yeah <laughs> but you know yeah. it's whatever okay <laughs> yeah so it's uh yeah i mean it, it it is what it is i'm uh i'm glad we covered all three of them uh it's interesting to see the way that story has 
not changed over time, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, people's perception of it, I guess, hasn't really changed too much. Uh, at least according to Hollywood. Yeah, it, it's become a much more familiar story now. We've got way more stories like it, you know. You see a, a a movie and the plot is, hey, there's a nerdy kid that gets picked on at school, and but maybe they have a power. Like, that's way more of a thing now than it was then. That's true. You're immediately saying, oh, and then she's probably going to go all carry on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's yeah. an archetype now. So, yeah. I mean, I guess that's kind of the idea of the story is the way he's, you know, like we had discussed originally where he's talking about gender roles and stuff, which is something that Stephen King really has a firm grasp on. Uh, oh, the, man, uh, he can grasp that gender with two hands. <laughs> There's one thing that guy understands. It's the differences between genders. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Okay, so I gave this movie a 3.3 out of 5 loathsome things that's almost exactly splitting the difference between um the the made for tv remake and the uh original it's well put together it it flows well as a movie if i weren't watching it back to back with the other two i probably wouldn't be as angry about it as i feel while i'm watching it um so it, it it's good it's uh, a good way for younger generations to be introduced to the story yeah it's, it's a little bit more updated uh that said it's like 10 years out of date now and um yeah I, I, I want to call out the scene with the bleachers where she crushes children to death in the folding out bleachers by by pushing them back in. It's little moments like that that made this movie shine. It's it's what boosted it up over a three, which mm-hmm. was just like right down the middle. I was like, OK, no, 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 it's that and that face through the windshield popped it up into a three point three out of five for me. John, how about you? What what? What loathsome rating did you give this thing? Well, I gave it an even three. And, and even three. My my definition of three for this movie is it's the number that's right in the middle between one and two <laughs> and four and five. So it's it's not actually the halfway point. <laughs> but visually that's true. visually speaking, it's the halfway point. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so it does it does a little it it's better than just totally average. It's definitely a decent movie, but it it's not, you know, it's not changing anything. Um it's better than the second film, although I probably enjoyed Angela Bettis's performance more. She's just more fun to watch. Uh the the made for TV one is like if I had to choose one to go back and watch it would be the original but uh, out of those two I I'd, I'd prefer the made for TV one just because it's quirky yeah yeah now that yeah. now that I've seen them all a million times each um, yeah I mean you, it, it's hard to get tired of of uh, Angela Bettis's performances because they're just so strange <laughs> yeah <laughs> she's great so you know which and like as I had mentioned in the in my my blog thing or whatever that I finally saw May and fucking yeah. loved it. I loved it. 
fucking amazing. Yeah, after uh, after we recorded our episode for the made for TV movie, I went and I rewatched May and Melanie rewatched it with me. That's like one of the few horror movies yeah. that she knew and loved before we met, and I knew and loved before we met. And so we went back and rewatched it. And as soon as I saw it, I was like, "Oh, the the eye crossing thing." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah that that bit. I was like. Wow, this is like a trademark for her? <laughs> I guess so. It's like, wait, are we making fun of someone that has a physical abnormality? Are we enormous assholes? Or is she just good at doing that thing? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, man. Yeah, no, that movie, that is a great movie. It's it's uh it's so it's so cynical and dark. Um and, and it's it's legitimately funny. I mean, the performances are Mm-hmm. You know, like everybody really does a good job in that one. Uh, I love the way Jeremy Sisto was just so grounded and normal. And she's so not the kind of person that he would ever have anything to do with. So it's just so funny watching them together. It, yeah. They play it off so well, too. It's great. I, I love the like she's he likes her because she's so weird. But then, you know, when she bites his lip and they're making out and she's like, I thought you liked weird. And he's like, not that much. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's a, a great little Easter egg I caught in it. Whenever we were rewatching it, uh, he works at a at a automotive shop, mm-hmm. and the sign above it just says "Auto Body," mm-hmm. and I'm like, "Oh, there we go, Self Body." That's... Oh, <laughs> yeah, nice. Wow, yeah, interesting. Yeah, that was a, that's a great movie. You guys should definitely, if you haven't seen that one, you should check that one out for sure. Yeah. If you if you like the guy that plays Frank in the movie Donnie Darko, he makes a great appearance in this movie. And I I didn't remember that being him. I was like, oh, it's him. Oh yeah, <laughs> Melanie actually was the one that pointed it out. She was like, look, that's him. That's that's Frank. That's Frank. I was like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So I mean, yeah, I mean the the, the casting of Bettis for that made for TV version it really was a stroke of genius, and that that she saves that that movie from just being complete garbage. I, yeah. I can't. I mean, you know, I can't imagine if they had just put some whoever in it that would have been that could have been real bad. Um, oh yeah, I mean, I guess at that point the best scenes in the movie would be the police interviewing <laughs> Sue. <laughs> That would be the highlight of the film, if not for Angela Bettis. Oh, oh God. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, that's frightening. Yeah. Thunderbolts and lightning. (laughs) So good casting there. And uh, wow. And it's been lucky McKee needs to make some more horror movies. Yeah. uh, Well, well, uh, have you seen The Old Man? I have not seen The Old Man. Um, that's true. That one's that one is relatively recent. You know, it's funny because I, every time I read about it, I'm like, wait, have I seen this one? But I don't think I have. It's not the one where the yeah. two friends are spying on him. That's a different movie, right? No, yeah, no. Old Man just came out like I want to say uh, probably two weeks ago. Oh. By the time this podcast, this episode drops. Oh, okay. It's brand brand new oh okay no i have not seen it i know it's got the um oh you know i forget that guy's name but it's a stephen something lang is it stephen lang no stephen lang was in uh in uh, the empty man it's some kind of lang guy i don't know yeah remember. i think you're right some kind of lang guy um did you yeah you, you, old ang did you see that one <laughs> you, you you liked it uh yeah i actually i uh i watched it and i 
didn't fully get it, and then I saw Lucky post on uh, uh, Twitter that it's a movie that was intended to be more enjoyable the second time you watch it. So I did watch it again, and sure enough, um, kinda. (laughs) (laughs) Sure enough, kinda. Yeah, I guess, yeah. And then I I remembered what he said as I watched it, and I totally thought, "Eh, I guess. Oh yeah, at a certain point I was like, hmm, do I really need to finish this movie again? <laughs> but I mean, it is good, it's great great performances, um, and uh, interesting story. I wouldn't actually say it's a horror movie, though. It, it's really more of like, I don't know. Thriller? One of those suspense. Yeah, oh, it more is Stephen suspense. Lang. I, I don't know who I was thinking of, the guy from uh, Empty Man. The guy that wrote, that's like the head of the cult. Stephen Root. Oh, Stephen Root. That's right. Yeah. Root. Yeah. See, this movie, when I when I read about Old Man, all I think of is that there there was like a series of movies there for a while where there was the one where... The, lights Out. Yeah, Lights Out, where he's blind and the kids are... Ra- yeah. Did, you know, it just it made me think of that immediately, but I, I don't know. Is it, a lot of, is it a lot like that? It's nothing like that. Oh, good. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, he is an old man and he lives in a house by himself and near the beginning of the movie... A a young man shows up. Uh, he's lost and he needs help. And uh, Stephen Lang s- helps him slash holds him hostage. It's okay. really hard to tell which. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. So, so sort of. Yeah. It's not a home invasion thing, I guess. So. No, not really. It's a home out. I don't know. Invasion. Yeah, the whole thing takes place in the home. Uh. Whenever he lets the guy in for a brief second, you can see like the smoky mountains in the background. Mm -hmm. But other than that, the entire thing is the inside of this little ramshackle log cabin. And so it's just in there. You're in there. You've got two actors and uh, and their interactions. And and that's about it. And it's great. Cool. Kind of. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'll definitely watch it. Probably. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, maybe. I I had promotional credits that I got to use to pay for the rental, and it gave me 48 hours to rewatch it, so I did. Nice. Nice. Yes. So have you seen uh, any other uh, any other decent horror stuff? Yes. Have you, John, seen Barbarian? I have not seen it. God damn, it's so good. Is it really? Okay, wow. Yeah. I, I yeah. mean, I've read a lot of great things about it. I try not don't to read too read much. Don't read anything about it. Yeah, I don't. I don't know anything about it. I just know that people have, are liking it. That's all I know. Yeah, it is cool. definitely one of those movies where it's like if you don't know anything, it's more enjoyable because it it's it's nuts. Oh, okay, cool, awesome, yeah, nice. Justin Long is in it, and he does a oh, great yeah. job. Oh, good. Yeah. I like him. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> He's fun to watch. He's kind of a tool. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, let's see. I also saw Grim Cuddy, which is, um, Oh, yeah. Did you see it? I didn't. I, I saw it available, but I didn't watch it. It's, uh, so it's about, uh, like, the video challenges, and it's a little bit, uh, creepypasta-esque, mm-hmm. and, uh, and it has a strong message targeted towards children and their parents, and so it's that kind of a movie. It's a movie where they, they chose the message that they wanted to send, and then they kind of made a movie around it. Okay. It's Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, it looked kind of interesting. Um, 
Yeah, I'm trying to remember what horror stuff. I mean, I rewatched Hellraiser again. Uh, nice, the the new one, and uh, I mean, it's it's it doesn't really after a certain number of viewings, it doesn't really seem to add anything for me. I like it still. I just you know some movies like you said with Old Man, you watch it twice and it and kind of it fills in some gaps for your brain or whatever. Like Hellraiser, once you've seen it a few times, you don't. There's not really that much more to get, so to speak. Um, yeah. Which is fine. I mean, it's not bad. It's just, I don't know that it bears like numerous viewings unless you have to do it for a podcast or something. Um, at least not like, within the first week of it being out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. At that point, you're just like, you're trying to be the guy writing the article about that Cenobite on the fan wiki. <laughs> I was thinking like, yeah, I was thinking hard about like, the, the hand splitty scene and yeah. trying really hard to figure out if there was any purpose to that other than just to look scary. And there really wasn't. It's, it was, it's just a cool, like, look what I can do. Yeah. I mean, that was, uh, that was it pretty much. Um, but you know, the, 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 the makeup effects are fantastic. I love the way they reading about it now, how they, they first put on like a musculature suit. And then over that was the flesh suit with all the modifications on it and stuff. Uh, really cool idea. And yep. then they, they like grease down the original, like the, the musculature suit. So it's like all shiny and goopy looking underneath. That was yes. nice. And the, yes. the color of the skin, the color of the flesh, which had that kind of dead, thick yeah. kind of like pork flesh look to it or something. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Grocery store chicken skin. Yes. Very rubbery and dead looking. That yeah. was pretty cool. That was pretty Fantastic impressive. Stuff. Um, I'm looking forward to uh, Del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities. That the, that does look good. Yeah, the anthology series. I, I've seen some good reviews for that. Uh, what have I seen horror-wise otherwise? Well, I talked about May. and uh, So good. Yeah, it's great. I, I don't know. I mean, we, you know, we keep getting these free trials for different services, and they have all these movies that, you know, each one will have a movie that is one I want to see. Like, like, uh, oh, how, yeah, like Halloween ends I saw, which we talked about. And yeah, and but I, not on the podcast, not on the show. That's right. I, I personally hated it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't, I don't know that I hated it. I just didn't really like it very much. I think there was, there was a lot to it that I did like. I unfortunately did not like basically the entire conceit, so to speak. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm, you know, we could talk about maybe what happened and just let people know that we're going to spoil it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, if you don't want to, uh, if you don't want to hear any spoilers for Halloween ends, just go ahead and turn it off. It's a six point five out of ten on Carrie Three. We liked the original the most, the uh, twenty thirteen one the second most, and the made for TV remake the least, but only on a technical scale. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Uh, but yeah, uh, yeah, I did not like the way that they handled the uh, the boyfriend turns into homicidal maniac character. I, yeah, I loved the way he I love the opening scene when he kicks the door open and knocks the kid over the fucking rail. I was 100 percent on board for that. I was so happy to see that kid bounce on the floor downstairs. It was the best. Yes. Um, and then he, like, looks over the thing with the knife in his hand because the kid had let the knife out to fuck with him. And 
he totally looks like he intentionally killed the kid. I thought that was brilliant. Yeah. And even the way that they they interact, like they have the parents into it later and the thing with the dad who was like, I was going to go and do a forgiveness. But then I was like, hey, that's nuts, the guys. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. But I just like the whole the whole scene where he where, the whole bit where you find out that Michael Myers has been hanging out in a sewer drain for three years. Yeah. Um, like, like just not killing that hobo for three years, <laughs> letting that horrible hobo live for three years. It, it just and all I could think of was the sewer in it. Like it just looks yeah. like that. This vast, you know, ten foot. Like how much sewage are you guys expecting down there? It's like <laughs> the tunnels are huge. <laughs> <laughs> and then he goes in there, or he gets dragged in there, and and Michael Myers. What did I say? I fucks his evil juice into his accomplice. Yeah. Something like that. I mean, it's... I was like, what is happening right now? And then... And then he dies at the end anyway, so who cares? And... Yeah. I don't know, the whole, like, you don't understand him like I do, Ma, or Grandma, or whatever. It's like, oh, God, come on. That, that for me, was the the hardest part about this one, was the, the dramatic departure in tone from their relationship in the first two movies to to like this one where like she's now decided that Michael Myers is missing but she's gonna go ahead and live her best life anyway like no 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 we we saw what kind of a person you've become you've become a crazy house bunker woman and that was when he was locked up and you knew where he was at any given time it was very strange but I enjoyed it because I have accepted Halloween. I always thought of Halloween as the very serious horror franchise. And after going through and rewatching it, I have accepted its new, the, the 21st century versions of Halloween are very silly. And I'm on board for that. That's true. And and I I can, I can agree with that. I mean, I mean, I, I definitely agree with it, but I, I agree with the sentiment that it's like, you know, it's its own thing really. Um, yeah, I think it's it was kind of pretentious of David Gordon Green to be like, you know, we're totally going to reinvent like this is the real ending to this. And it's like, dude, shut up. It's just yours is just as dumb <laughs> as part four with the terrible mask. Like it's just made better. And, you know, you had more money and whatever. I, you know, part four was fine. I thought it was it was a decent movie. I it was by the numbers, you know, that like at least they tried co- new stuff with these three movies. Uh, they're, fuck, they were all over the place. You know, they were really all over the place. And that's one of the things I liked. I liked that in the second one, it was all about a community coming together to do something they love, which is kill a serial killer. (laughs) And uh, and then this one, it's that same community has now torn itself apart in the absence of having a good monster to share. Yeah. Uh, But then, like, when it starts getting into the whole philosophical thing, like, we are the monsters. Like, yeah, shut the fuck yeah. up. And nobody, go fuck yourself. Nobody cares about that. You know? Like, yeah. what are you going to start quoting Ayn Rand? Because calm down. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. And she finishes her shittily written book oh. and then just leaves the mask hanging out on the floor. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> oh, my God. It It did have some good moments in it. I did like the overall aesthetic of the three films. And I... It's clear that that uh, David Gordon Green and Danny McBride are huge fans of the original. Oh yeah, and it, that does come through. Um, 
And and I have to give them. I mean, considering that I'm talking shit about this movie, I have to admit that they did they did exactly what I wished somebody would have done with Carrie instead of just redoing it. You know, like I guess you could say, kind of like Rob Zombie did, but he added something new too. At least they yeah. at least they tried something new. You know that. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I guess putting Buster Rhymes is new, but I mean, it's a different kind of new. I love that one so much. (laughs) It's just a different kind of new. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I feel like with this one, like you you mentioned that Danny McBride, I could see him like pitching ideas and he's like, all right, dude, now listen, what if we did this <laughs> and i kind of feel like that stuff really came through those impulses ruled the day for part three for sure i i yeah i think there was there was a lot of that throughout the series like what if he murders an entire fire department <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> oh, that was because that was beautiful <laughs> That is, yeah, that is a great scene, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Just mercilessly destroys a fire department. (sighs) And, uh, and part three of our, of our watch now, we've, we've had, um, we had Men, and then we had Hellraiser 2022, and then now Halloween ends with the hand splitting in half thing. I saw it whenever she stabbed it through his, through his hand and the blade was pointing away from his arm mm-hmm. on the table. I was like, oh my god, here, it's it's coming, it's gonna happen, it's gonna happen again. Ooh, and then it did, and it was so good. Yeah. And then she just clobbers him with a refrigerator. <laughs> also, the way they killed him was genius. They put him through one yeah. of those industrial grinder things, which I, yeah. I would it would have been really cool if, like, I, like, if they had put like a a cube of gelatin in first and then, you know, like a, a big wheel and then they put him in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, all right, now we're going to try a ream of paper. Ooh, that goes nice. <laughs> a box of donuts. Oh, <laughs> the, the one cop left in the town's like, no. <laughs> and now psychotic killer. <laughs> <laughs> that scene gave me intense anxiety because she's just hanging out at the top of this grinder and I'm like she's gonna fall in lady you need to get away oh my god no don't no god don't Jesus Christ <laughs> so, yeah so do you think do yeah. you think that the because I've, I've read reviews that said that the door was left open for a sequel was there anything yeah. in that that cried sequel might be coming? Other than there, we all know a sequel's coming, but I mean, I, I, so I mean they 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 ended it in the way that the original movie ended with the like numerous shots of the locations that you saw in the film, except they're now empty, you know, and except for the final shot with the mask, I guess. But but yeah, how do you how do you think that would that that transitions into leaving the door open? So it opens the door for anyone can put on the mask yeah. and become Michael. Yeah. Um, and that it's like it, very similar to that that thing that happened in Friday the 13th where he's like a demon spirit that can enter other people. It's got a little bit of that going on. And uh, 
maybe maybe he already hopped bodies like maybe he's in jamie lee curtis now or the granddaughter <laughs> yeah i mean it's mm. yeah i guess there's that um yeah i don't know it's weird it's it's kind of tough because it's dumb <laughs> yeah the original idea is cool as long as it sticks to one movie but then it's kind of like you say it's 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 cool that they made the rest of the movies for well after maybe the first couple you know, not quite so serious because honestly, where do you go with it? I mean, he's he's a he's a, a cipher. Uh, he's just like an evil presence wearing a mask, and uh, it's not even like he's wearing a mask. It's just that's just who he is. Is this thing? So what? I mean, how many movies of that can you do? It's just not scary anymore. So you got to do something else with it. So yeah, yeah, you got to switch it up and make it new and interesting, kind of like they didn't do with Carrie twenty thirteen. <laughs> John, have you started watching or seen or anything The Midnight Club, the new uh series from Mike Flanagan? The, the new Mike Flanagan. I am not I have not seen it. I uh I will see it, but I just haven't watched it yet. Have you? It is yeah, I've seen it. It is great. Really? But it is not normal Mike Flanagan stuff. Is it is I mean no, it was uh, kind of made for teen audience. Is it very much that? Yes, it is uh well, I don't want to spoil. Okay, it. yeah, yeah, yes, but but yeah, yeah. It it is a it is a spooky show about a teen that goes to live at a spooky house with a bunch of other teens, and it is less scary than it is just like emotionally, like real life emotionally horrific, like the. The things that people are dealing with are very heavy, very just th- th- some of the the worst things that happen to people as part of their normal existence. And these like, are young non- people on top of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. It is just. It is crushing. Interesting, um, but also a little spooky. Yeah. Like it's got a spooky factor to it that's uh, very interesting and a departure from what he's done in his other ones. But it, it's you can see the Flanaganianness of it, but um, but it, it's super different. Very good, cool, really good performances too. Oh, awesome! I, I will definitely watch that uh, for sure. Uh, it, I mean, it look it looks good. The trailer looked good. It's a pretty long trailer, so it kind of I know I kind of. It kind of hints at the, some of the stuff that you're talking about, the kids that live in this yeah. home and, and all that. It's and and that's the kind of thing that Flanagan won't gloss over. <laughs> you know, he, no, 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 no. He does not gloss over it. It is explicit and at times the primary focus. He really digs into that kind of stuff. That's what makes uh, like Midnight Mass so good for me. I loved it. Uh, oh yeah, he really digs into the characters. You know, and and you really get to know these people, you know, even the caricatures are well-written. Uh, a lot of people thought it was too long, but for me, it, it just felt, it felt fine. I didn't mind the length at all. Uh, no, no. Yeah. Midnight Mass was beautiful. This one is a little bit more like the haunting of Hill house yeah. where you remember how with that one, it like really followed around the individual characters right. where it was almost to the point that each episode was right. devoted to a different character. Yeah. This one does a little bit of that, but not quite as hardline. Probably just because he wants to kind of establish each character with with a certain amount of depth, maybe, and yeah. So that by the well, and the 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 story 
involves storytelling so it's literally each of them takes turns telling a spooky story at midnight because it's the midnight club oh cool all right it sounds good i'm looking forward to it um i started yellow jackets that series uh i've been hearing a lot of good things also kind of horror adjacent i guess it's kind of like lord of the flies but with a girls soccer team and oh, nice. they're like a badass high school soccer team that's going to the nationals or they might be an intramural team or something. But anyways, they're going to like the nationals. They're really great. And they basically they go on a they, they go on a trip to play this game and the plane crashes up in the wilds of, of Canada and they're lost for 19 months and they break off into these weird cannibalistic factions. And what? And it's told from. <laughs> There's there's basically two stories. There's the story that you're seeing in kind of in flashback of them back then, and you see what happens, and then you see the adult characters and how they've had to adapt, and they're trying to keep it all secret, and it's got Christina Ricci, and uh, uh, it's got a bunch of people in it. I was uh, I was really impressed, uh, and I've I've just got started. I mean, I just I just watched like the first episode, and every. Every minute or two, there's like some new person that walks on and you're like, oh, that is season it too. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, my boss has been telling me to watch that. I need to get around to it. It's on one of those, like I, like you were talking about, you get the free trials. Yeah. I think it's on one of those th- free trial services that I just haven't had. It is. It is on one of those. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah, there's just so many. Yeah, there's so many things that are. Oh, I, I saw the movie The Lamb. Have you heard of The Lamb? That's the one about the baby? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> that movie could go fuck itself. <laughs> I was like, it, it is so slow to get off the ground. And then when it does, it's just like, what is happening? <laughs> what? And it just gets weirder and weirder, and then it's over. <laughs> yeah. Well, that ending, that ending Ooh. is certainly not just over. It's like, oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> sure. Yeah, that was okay. A, that's a that's one of those movies that you watch if you smoke a lot of weed and you want to yeah. have kind of a strange night. Yeah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Don't watch it a second time, but do go to class the next day and tell all of your fellow <laughs> students about how cool it was. Yeah, that's right, <laughs> dude. And then it's like got one hand that you know, and then the other. Ooh. You know that chick from Dragon Tattoo? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Let's see. Um, I started watching The Sandman. It's oh, not good. Really? Yeah. I saw. We saw the first episode. I, I liked the first episode, okay? It didn't... It, we didn't get any further, though. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. Like, there's just some weird, like, changes in tone, like, it it made me finally realize I've I've often considered myself a Patton Oswalt fan. Mm-hmm. Like I'm like, oh Patton Oswalt, I like that guy. But I've recently started to realize that whenever he shows up in things, I don't enjoy his performance in those things. And I'm like, wait, do I like Patton Oswalt? Maybe I don't. His voice is so Patton Oswalt. Like it <laughs> You know, there's a lot there's a lot of voice actors who you know who it is, but you just you don't place their voice because they're good. They're so good at embodying a different character. With him, they're hiring him because they want Patton Oswalt. And yes, and Patton Oswalt doesn't have he has like fuck all to do with Neil Gaiman's universe. It's just strange. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
And it's also, like, weird because his character is, like, the single source of comedic relief in that show. Yes. And so it's just so out of tone. You just know that, oh, I hear Patton Oswalt. It must be a funny. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, the Sandman himself is the grimmest fucking guy. Jesus. (laughs) Oh, God. Captain Jawline. (laughs) Get out of here with that. Mr. Mopey. No one wants that. (laughs) I'm so sad about dreams. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah. There's a... I I don't remember how far in, but the one that got us to finally stop watching it is one where he has a a showdown with Satan. Where they, they play... Uh, well, no, 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 uh, I can a type of game of, uh, like one's like, I'm a dire wolf. And then the other one's like, I'm a hunter on horseback with a spear. And the other one's like, I'm a, I'm a venomous snake that bites the horse. <laughs> wow. That sounds terrible. <laughs> yes. And, and Satan is played by Brienne of Toth from, oh, uh, from Game of okay. Thrones. Which is great. Like, oh, they've got great actors in there. Everything looks yeah. great. It's it's fantastic. But it's just like at a certain point, you're like, I don't care where this is going. <laughs> that Guyman is great when he's at his best, and he's he's very tedious when he's not. Uh, yeah, he's and he's really at his best whenever it's mostly Terry Pratchett. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've actually, like, other other than Good Omens, I've never found anything by Neil Gaiman that I enjoy. Really? Which I haven't looked very hard. I listened to the the audiobook version of American Gods, because uh, it, it was like, was it like a full cast thing, I think, if I remember? Had sound effects and stuff. That was cool. It was really good. Um, okay. The TV show's decent. Uh, I really liked American Gods. And then... I tried to read one of his other books. I liked some of his comics originally, like the original Sandman comics. Uh, but I tried to read one of his other books, and I I couldn't get off the ground with it. And then I listened to the audiobook version of was it Neverwhere? I guess it's called. He mm. he reads it, and it's it's very stereotypical fantasy where you know you got some humdrum British guy who discovers that there's this secret underworld in London and. You know, he somehow jumps from our world to their world and, you know, he runs into people from his regular life and they don't recognize him anymore because now he's part of that world and he's trying to get back and has all these wacky adventures. Uh, It's like, I've heard this story a million different ways and this... It's very through the looking glass. Yeah, and it just doesn't... It's not bad. It's well written and... and, but it, I just didn't care. It was like, nah, I'm just going to finish it because I started it, but I, I didn't like it very much. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong for it, but that is a thing that usually instantly gets me to not want to read a book is if it's that, oh, and then they are transported to another realm where things are this way. And the whole reason we're doing that is so that we can explain to you how weird this is through the eyes of the main character. I'm like, I don't, I don't want that. It, I don't need that. It, yeah, there were just all these interactions and all the double crosses and all the little quirky characters that just, I felt like I knew them all. And I, you know, without reading the book, I already knew who they all were. So yeah. I was like, okay, you've lost me there, dude. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, so. 
So, loathsome things on record as saying that Stephen King and Neil Gaiman, not good writers. (laughs) (sighs) I wonder why no one listens to this show. (laughs) Also, Rob Zombie, not popular with anyone. (laughs) Oh my god, the Uh, Lord Zombie. I saw I saw that the Monsters is now available to stream, and I didn't watch it. <laughs> nope, I can't. I can't do it. I maybe one day after no one's talking about it anymore, and I can just tell myself that I just happened to cross it. Oh, well, I guess I'll watch it now. But right now, I just can't do it. <laughs> I uh, I it just I don't want to. I still haven't even watched the trailer, which I know is like a whole thing all on its own. Yeah, I just don't want to. I never liked the Munsters or the Adams Family in any way in my entire life, and I just don't see the reason that this is happening to us. I used to watch them because I thought, well, you know, maybe they'll be kind of creepy, but they're not creepy. They're just dumb. Yeah, uh, and I, I, I couldn't really get into it either, you know. And then when I heard that he was doing it, I'm like, oh, he's just gonna zombie it, which he did. Uh, the only thing I like about that movie, which I think we might have mentioned, was that uh, he wanted to make it in black and white, and the studio was just adamant that he had to make it in color. So since he had to make it in color, he he went as over the top as he could with the color. And nice. just, like, went completely insane with color, which I think is hilarious. Yeah. That he, he was just like, oh, you want color? How, how about all the colors? <laughs> <laughs> how about you go fuck your color? <laughs> I mean, I, it's so funny how he keeps coming up, but I just, I remember I saw something online where... Somebody was slagging the the baby metal group, the Japanese mm-hmm. girls. I love and baby was, metal. <laughs> and his response was like, "Wow, yeah, that that's pretty brave of you to say at home in your in front of your computer. What have you done?" <laughs> I was like, "Oh, wow! <laughs> you just got called out by Rob Zombie." <laughs> I hope you've enjoyed our three episode series on Carrie, uh, interjected with a little talk of. Hellraiser back there on the previous episode, and uh, we uh, we appreciate you you guy listening. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guy. <laughs> yeah, and uh, sorry, y'all have to die. <laughs>